0: Welcome to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm Brooke Murata bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, to inspire, and to encourage. On the mic today is NFL Hall of Famer, 11-time Pro Bowler, NFL all-time career sack leader, former Buffalo Bills and Washington Redskins defensive lineman, Bruce Smith. Bruce played 19 seasons in the NFL, but football wasn't always the dream. He shares with us the importance of family, compassion, and remembering the details of your life. Sit back. Relax and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Well, welcome back to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, on the line with NFL Hall of Famer, 11 time Pro Bowler, NFL all time career sack leader, and former Buffalo Bills defensive lineman, Bruce Smith. Welcome to Write It Down.
1: And you forgot the four years with the Redskins, but that's why I'm here. Hey,
0: I have that next. I have 19 (laughs) seasons in the NFL, 15 with the Buffalo Bills, and four with the Washington Redskins. You did have a long football career. Um, Was being successful always your dream? I
1: I had a, a long and blessed football career. Yes, I did.
0: Long and blessed. Was that always your dream, to play football in the NFL?
1: Um, I think my first dream was to to, to be a an NBA basketball player. Um, that was my first love. That's how how I pretty much um, uh, honed my athletic ability was was on the basketball court, and I was able to, to transfer a lot of those. Um, um skills from an endurance standpoint quickness agility uh being uh, uh, able to run with with guys that were much smaller than I I was I was always about 30 or 40 pounds heavier than uh most of the guys in high school and my being able to to keep up with them uh, whether it be a 40 yard sprint or whether it be uh, running up and down the basketball court, that really transferred extremely well when it came time for me to play uh, football. Uh, and the first time I played football was in the tenth grade in high school.
0: So what what made you go more towards the football route instead of basketball being I mean kind of well, late to the game in football?
1: yeah it, it was considered to be late but uh the more and more um that 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 people are starting to get involved in into football uh, you don't have to start uh when you're you're uh, twelve years old and thirteen years old it it certainly helps in some aspects but uh you shouldn't put kids in a position uh whether where they are playing contact football too early uh, I think that can be a detriment uh for for me uh my body started dictating what sport that I was going to play uh I was almost two seventy in high school, and as I stated, I was bigger than most kids and um Uh, It just kind of steered me towards playing football, Uh, being as strong as I was, uh, as quick as I was, uh, having the uh, um, athleticism to to be able to um, jump extremely high, uh, to be able to, uh, well, I think when I got to uh, my pro day, uh when I was coming out of college, uh I ran a four six eight forty at at almost two hundred and ninety pounds. So uh those were the things that, that uh kind of gives an indicator indicator to the athlete as well as uh coaches that, that this particular young player could be something special.
0: Yeah, and so with your athletic ability, um, did you find yourself being a confident person in high school, or are you more a shy or timid kid in high school?
1: No, no, I was, um, I was very timid. Um, I was very unassuming, a um, shy person. Uh, I was one that that grew up being and picked on, and, and uh, laughed at, and, and things of that nature, and I, I think I learned a lot of lessons um, being treated that way when I was growing up. I, I learned uh, that when I do grow up, and when I do have an opportunity to, to interact with folks, I learned how to treat people, uh, treat people with respect and, and dignity, Um and and those were some of the, the hard lessons I learned at an early age that um, uh, in some cases, particularly, you know, kids growing up can be cruel. And it, it's very unfortunate uh, that uh, other kids have to uh, uh, be treated in a cruel way or um, um, being made to feel like they... Didn't matter, or they—they they were just a tool to be uh, laughed at and, and, and joked upon.
0: Was any of your energy on the field generated from some of the anger you had being bullied growing up? Because you—I yeah, mean, you were a absolutely.
1: beast, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that was a, a great point that you—you you, you just brought up uh it, it gave me a, a sense of place. It, it gave me the opportunity to, to take my frustrations uh out on a sport, uh out on the competition in and, and confined quarters, uh where there were rules and and um um and, and I found that to be something that that, that it relieved me. It it, it gave me uh, something to look forward to i i would always um, uh, know that once i was around that that team type of atmosphere that we were in this together there was no joking or talking about one another or or uh making a person feel like they were uh meaningless or, or just irrelevant um so it it gave me an opportunity to 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 get out and and just enjoy the competition enjoy the the, the few friends that I, that I did have at that time uh and it was it, it was a, an experience that um i i think that helped shape and mold me to the person that i am today
0: Absolutely. And what, what was the role of your parents and in, in you growing up? What was the importance of your relationship with them?
1: No, it it was, it was an imperative and, and, it, uh, to, to have a, a strong male figure in my father, uh, George Washington Smith and in the, in the household and my mother, Annie Lee Smith. Uh, they were both blue collar workers. Um, they uh my father was a a no-nonsense kind of man he was a military man um and he instilled those work ethics uh not only in me but in my uh sister and my brother uh my mother was also uh one in which um used to work in a plastic factory um and they would often work other uh uh jobs as well. So uh I had a house uh, a house that was full of love, uh full of commitment and they showed it each and every day that they went to work uh and they exemplified um who the 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 kids should look up to who their offsprings should look up to. And and those are the the parents when they are doing the right thing, uh, what's right by the family, and what's right by the, the, the future of the next generation.
0: I would like to echo what you said a little bit about your parent, it being imperative that your parents played such a strong role in your life, especially because you mentioned that you were bullied and kind of picked on. So I can imagine having a strong Uh, family unit was very important for your development aside from sports.
1: Yeah, well, the majority of the time my father didn't uh, know that uh, a lot of these incidents were were taking place. Um, uh, When he did find out it was often because um, I had gotten into some type of of trouble. Uh, But You know, he was, both my mother and father were both encouraging, always telling me what I could do instead of saying what you can't do. Always uh, telling me that, well, if if you choose to do this, uh, it's going to be difficult, but if you pray and you take God with you, things always have a way of working themselves out.
0: And they, and, and they those did. are I'm sorry. And they did in your life.
1: Yeah, they 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 certainly did. Um and and that's not to say that there won't be some trials and tribulations. Um, um but mm-hmm. those are the things that builds character uh that tests your faith, uh that test tests your belief in God and and knowing that you were put here on this earth for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I am very grateful and and, and thankful for, uh, uh, obviously, my relationship with with God. And I am very grateful and thankful for my parents. Um, uh, Without them, uh, this would have been a a journey that, that probably would not have happened.
0: Was there a definitive shift in your life when you found out what your purpose was?
1: Well, you you don't necessarily know what your purpose is. Um I, I I think in different ages and different stages of your life there are defining moments that that takes place in your life and you have to recognize and acknowledge that path in which you you tend to go down. Um you know, I quit football when I was, uh, the first year when I went out and, and started playing, um, had I continued down that path of saying that I'm not going to play and, 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 uh, quit this, this story would have never been written.
0: Right.
1: Um, there were other, there were other defining moments in which I was, um, working a construction job and I was, I was at Virginia Tech, uh, I had a summer job and I was in a, a ditch deeper than I was tall. Uh, the, the ditch had to have been, um, eight to 10 feet. And we were, uh, and I still can't remember to this day what we were digging for, but, um, there I was doing the same things or the same type of job that my father had been doing all of his life, and he had always been teaching me, son, I want better for you than I had for myself, and I want you to have opportunities that I didn't have. And all of these <clears throat> uh, emotions and and life lessons and teachings that that my father had been trying to teach me hit me all at once. And it it just made me realize that I was uh, in the process of going down the road and and wasting uh, some tremendous opportunities that I had in front of me by just doing enough to get by, whether it was in school, whether it was on the football field. uh, And, at that moment, uh, it, it just it just clicked like a light switch. And I remember um, I remember calling home at lunchtime and and talking to my father and telling him what I was doing and I said that you know this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life and. Um, I told him I said i want to come home and i want uh to to rededicate myself to uh to school to sports, and just being that 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 person that can be counted on and depended on, and the things that I say um I am going to put one hundred percent effort into making them come true. And to make a long story short, I said, son, come on home, and um, uh, my grades improved. Um, uh, A year and a half later, two years later, I became the first player picked in the draft, and the rest is history
0: we're going to take a quick break from our show to discuss patreon patreon is a secure site that allows creators to make albums videos and podcasts like the one you're listening to now so if you enjoy write it down please head over to our website xvxii.com or spell out 1513.com in your browser click on the patreon banner at the top of the page and show your support Write It Down is made possible by the 1513 Network, so please send over your love, your support for the other shows as well. If not, just stick with Write It Down because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Anyways, back to the show. So fast forward to your time in the league, um, playing with the Bills, you know, the first overall draft pick, and today is draft day, which is super great. Um, but what is the, the story behind the, the nickname, the Bickering Bills? Why did you guys inherit that in Buffalo?
1: Um, I, I think it was blown out of proportion. Um, that was a offensive um, issue uh, based upon a particular play that took place on the field. Uh, I think one of the offensive linemen missed a block. And Jim ended up getting, uh, I think either hurt or, or, or it was a devastating, uh, blow that he took and obviously, some, some, some tempers flared and, and so forth. But, um, that, that was pretty much it. I think there were a couple of words that, uh, uh, were said back and forth, but, um, being on the defensive side of the ball, I uh, was was somewhat distant uh, from that. But keep in mind, <clears throat> we, um, as a team, if you don't get emotional, if you don't get upset sometimes, if you don't voice your opinion, then I, I think you're doing a, a, a disservice. You, you see it all the time. Um um Tom Brady gets emotional. Ray Lewis used to get emotional. Uh there are a number of players that get emotional and that's that's a good thing. Yeah.
0: Uh
1: but for uh but for you know, someone to, to, to blow it out of proportion and and want to start labeling or sensationalizing uh, an incident or two that, that yeah. the place is, yeah. is just uh, I just think it's a bit unfair.
0: I did too. I mean, the, the media has been unfair for a long time and I think that the media will maximize on anything they can to get viewership or ratings or, or people to a talk story. about them. A story. yeah. A story, um, Everybody's yeah. looking for a story and it's, it's cool to hear your side of the story uh, I mean you guys went on to four consecutive Super Bowl appearances you guys had a good camaraderie so so what kind of changed um, do you think that the kind of the shift in the bills I mean you got close to Jim Kelly what's what's the story behind that
1: well see they, these are the stories that that aren't written um, and these are the ones that um, that should be at the top of the list when you start talking about, about family and camaraderie and so forth. Um, just like a number of, of my teammates, um, uh, we, we still have group texts just about every day. Um, whether it's um, concerns about families, uh, trials and tribulations that one of us may be going through um or just being silly and, and laugh laughing and and the subject of the day or or some type of sporting event or, or whatever it happens to be. So um that's what's unique about uh the, the Buffalo Bills family and, and what we've endured, both the success and the disappointments. Um so uh, Jim and I, we, we uh, obviously I was the first player picked in '85, and I believe Jim came uh, a year and a half later. And um, uh, Jim was, uh, I tell you, he was filled with with personality, and he was a strong-minded individual, and and so was I, and and it just took us some time to to, to get to know one another and the one thing that clicked right away is Jim provided a family type of atmosphere for all group players to come over to after each and every home game. And that's where his mother and I, um, she started calling me one of her sons, uh, because she suffered with, um, an illness that my my father uh, was dealing with at the time, and each and every home game, I would go over to Jim's house um, after after the game was over. He would have little functions at his house in his basement uh, with all of the family members and so forth, and I would always carve out about. Um, 45 minutes or so to an hour and, and just go and go upstairs and just spend time with Mrs. Kelly. And I, it, 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 it gave me the, the, the feeling that I was closer to my father uh, because she was dealing with the same illness that my father had. And, and hearing her concerns and her struggles, um, I could get a sense and, and have, to have some kind of peace of mind that, that that helped me to understand what my father was going through to, to see her struggles right there uh, before my very eyes. So, um, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. And the fact that I was able to uh, to recognize and and uh, be mature enough to 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 grasp that moment and 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 use it in a way that, that was was helping me out while it was helping Mrs. Kelly out and at the same time building a strong relationship with with Jim and I. Uh, it, it was just remarkable to see that take place and unfold.
0: And that is a story that should be at at the top of the list. And I think, you know, Bruce, throughout, throughout your life, just kind of hearing about how you were a little timid in school, but you were kind of picked on. And I think I look through your through some of the stories that you've already shared and I can see that you are compassionate. And that you you want to regard other people above yourself. And so I think that's what what happened, you know, kind of the the shift in your life was, you were able to sit down with Jim Kelly's mom and and build a relationship (coughs) with her that brought her joy, but also was able was using your gifts which I think is incredible. And and kind of moving forward, um, what was incredible to me was to see Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, bring you along with other NFL Hall of Famers to Israel. And and you were able to to extend compassion to to people in Israel. Can you tell me a little bit, give me a snapshot of that trip and some of your favorite moments with the guys in Israel?
1: Yeah, I don't don't know if we have enough time to really uh, (laughs) express the... the the gratitude and and thankfulness that's in my heart for uh, having been invited on that trip by Robert Kraft. Um, I I was fortunate enough to be, to be asked uh, by David Baker, the pro football hall of fame president, uh, along with 18 other hall of famers. Um, And uh, I mean, just, just, to recount uh, uh, recant the trip in which uh, it was uh, one of the double, double-decker planes um, that it was upstairs and it was downstairs. Um, and I don't think I'd ever been on a plane of that size before. But... Um, just, just to recall um, each and every detail and experience that happened to be uh, my birthday um, at the time of the trip, and on my birthday, uh, we went to Jerusalem for um, Jesus Christ was laid um, um, I just just, it, it was just it was just remarkable um, being baptized in the Jordan River um, my wife had just gone through uh, cancer and to have that experience uh, to, to, to be able to go to the birthplace of, of Jesus Christ, uh, to be able to, to visit all of the biblical and historical sites um, in Israel and, and do it with 18 of my fellow Hall of Famers, uh, Jim Brown, Eric Dickerson, um, Joe Montana, um, just, just to name a few. Um, uh, it, it was just such a blessing and I was, um, just this feeling that I had, uh, while I was there, it, it, it just appeared that, um, I was in the presence of the Lord and his grace, his mercy, um, just just sitting back and, and having this conversation with you right now just just brings back so many memories and, and uh emotions that existed that particular day and and it just I can't reiterate enough how blessed, grateful and thankful I am for that opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean and even watching the production of it all and and just seeing some of the moments that they were able to depict on film, which I know there was a lot more probably behind the scenes. I mean, it's just super heartwarming to watch the intentionality of you guys and to also just see that you guys are a family. It doesn't matter what team you played for, what years you played, you guys were all in Israel together in the presence of the Lord, which is just super um, inspiring in itself. I mean, and, and even just as, as, petty as it is to be i'm a dolphins fan so i've always like with the afc east seeing the new england's patriot organization i'm just like ugh. but to see like robert Kraft take you guys and and be generous with that that trip is just super heartwarming um so i kind of want to move forward because i don't want to take too much of your time um but before we get to our write it down um i'd like to ask you a few um little fun rapid fire questions So, first one is Who was the most difficult quarterback to sack in the NFL? Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Man, my fellow Dolphin. Why was he, why? What was so difficult?
1: Uh, Well, he had the quickest release in the National Football League. Um, uh, His sense of awareness on the football field was was second to none as a quarterback. Um, uh, He always felt the pressure coming. um, he was able to uh, step up into the pocket or step to the side to, to buy himself just a uh, fraction of a second so he can uh, throw that quick release and, and flip it 30 40 50 yards down the field um so he he, he just had a a sense a, a presence that was out on the field that uh, we we knew that we only had roughly two and a half three seconds before he he uh, to get to him before he got rid of the football.
0: Ready to go, Dan Marino. Okay, who in the league today reminds you of yourself?
1: Well, I, I think there are some extremely talented young players that are in the league. Um... I mean, there's there's a host um, that, that can flat-out get to the quarterback. Um, I think that one of the things that, that we have to be mindful of that when I played was a different era, um, they ran the ball 50% of the time, and they threw the ball 50% of the time. Uh, in this era, they're throwing the ball roughly um of the time uh, in in most cases. Um, So it gives, uh, particularly the the pass rushers, an opportunity to get to the quarterback a little bit more often. Um, The the one thing I appreciated the most uh, about my era is uh, being able to become a complete player, being able to be dominant against the run, as well as dominant against the pass. And I, I think that um, the, the stats and, and what I was able to contribute to my team um, being able to stop the run first and forcing the offense um, to be a one-dimensional type of offense, particularly because our offense was such a high-scoring and, and potent offense, uh they they could score points uh very quickly and it put us in a <clears throat> unique position uh to be able to pin our ears back and get to the quarterback so uh but but again some some extremely talented players there's uh there's Khalil Mack, there's Von Miller, um there's there's uh just just so many that are out there and um uh, Uh, I enjoy watching them all, all, and and I'm going to enjoy watching, hopefully, Chase Young uh, be the second player picked in the draft today, too, and and hopefully he can can join the ranks of some of these dominant defensive players that are in the league right now.
0: A lot of talent in the league and more to come um, with draft day tonight. Um, So, Marcus Allen, question of the day. How much do you enjoy golfing with the guys, in particular Richard Dent?
1: Ah, uh, cheating as that. <laughs> uh, he, uh I, I can't, you, th- This is our. Uh, this is this is one of our outlets. Um, you know we we don't have the locker room anymore. We're not on the field uh, playing against each other anymore. So this is our opportunity to compete against one another. To, to laugh, to 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 have that camaraderie um that 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 has been um uh, absent from being on the on the field. But it it it's something that I know I always look forward to, uh, particularly at the Hall of Fame or if there is a trip and um uh a particular golf tournament we'll try and get there a couple of days earlier so we can play our own round of golf with, uh, each other, uh, without having a whole lot of outside influences, uh, coming into play. But it, it's, it's, it's one of the things that, that, I cherish and I know all the other players cherish as well
0: yeah absolutely you're not you're not the first um, retired football player to be loving the golf game I, I hear that a lot that golf is just the way that you guys can still be competitive in nature but still connect with each other without the media without a bunch of fans just you and your boys again <laughs> playing golf um, it's
1: a different that's for sure
0: different different. So with this show being called Write It Down, each guest gives something to write down at the end of the show, uh, words maybe you've lived by, something to encourage. So Bruce Smith, tell us what your write it down is.
1: I would say my, my write it down is, is exactly the words that you've just said to me. Write it down. Um, pay attention to the details. Uh, the details are critical, the details are something that will allow you and put you to be in a better position of success. So if you're in a meeting, take notes, if you are uh, want to, 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 to impress, whether it's your boss, or or you want to be able to to uh, remember things that will make you or put you in a better position uh, to uh, be more successful. Write it down. It, it's it's helpful. Um, for for me, when I used to study film, um, I would take notes. I would put in that extra work, uh, and I would reflect back on those notes when I was preparing for the ball game. So pay attention to the details. It's not the big things that will uh, give you all the success that you want in life. It's the little things. It's the little details that will give you that competitive advantage and that edge that will allow you to become successful.
0: Write It Down with Bruce Smith. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and some of your encouragement as well.
1: All right. You're quite welcome, Brooke. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.